Oh yeah, you, you go right ahead, brother. Okay, hi everyone and welcome to the August edition of the Pig Podcast. Sorry that we didn't put out a July one, we've all been very busy and you know to be quite honest we couldn't be bothered. No, that's just a joke. No, it's serious. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's lovely to be back again, um, and today we have lots to chat about. We've just been to Soul Survivor, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a special guest here today, um, Kim, and am I right in saying that as of kind of now, you're going to be a pig leader, really? Yes, yes? that is correct. <laughs> so we have our latest pig leader with us to experience the podcast experience. <laughs> Are you scared? Very much so. <laughs> yeah. That's why I brought chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, and That's we right. have a little um, thing to say about chocolate milk in aid of uh, Trey Shepard doing This not? is for you Trey. Because of you, we drink chocolate milk. And what do we not drink? One percent milk. <laughs> we are all sitting here with our lovely chocolate milk. Um, Puff and down if you drink strawberry. <laughs> yeah, we went Strawberry is nice, so we're going to start off um, today with uh, telling you a little bit about our favourite bits of Soul Survivor we've just been in the last week and we all wish we were still there for week B. Um, coming up we have um, a little interview with uh, Kim as Woo! he reveals his mini testimony to us. Uh, we have two feature songs today. We have a challenge that we haven't even thought of yet. Um, <laughs> and we also have the last part of our Trey Shepard interview. So, here we go. Let's start off with our favourite moments from Soul Survivor Week A. Kim. Well, my favourite bit well. started <laughs> <laughs> with the teaching the seminars is absolutely outstanding this year. It was. It was. It basically, uh, my Pillavachi was a very good speaker. And have you um, uh, added him as a friend on MySpace yet? I will do. I did that today. Did you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> also, Chase Shepherd's seminar was very good as well. And I also like the way that they um they used different seminars, so everyone had something to go to. It was also the same. Wicked. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What was um your favourite seminar? Do you think? Favourite one was probably the last one with Trey. Last one with Trey. What was he talking about there? It was the story of God. Oh, Even yes. though he was late because he had got in a car crash. Oh, but yeah. he recovered very well. And, and he done a very good talk. That's because he took drugs. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, don't Trey, take drugs. we hope you're feeling better. And yeah, don't take drugs. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, was that it? Um, there's a couple more. Um, <laughs> you don't just go well and not have a list. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way our youth got group group bonded throughout the week and as well with awesome. the Buckingham crew as well towards the end started playing games with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean at first we were like they're the dark side, right? Yeah. But yeah. maybe yeah, they they are, we had some little bondage going on. Yeah. They don't know that do they? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> we had some group bonding. Yeah, it was good. By far away the best moment was coming to Jesus and becoming a Christian. Oh, so, oh, that's oh, that's oh, that's oh, wicked. 
that was my actual best moment of the week as well just uh, seeing Kim go up there and we shared a little moment um, fists in the air that was absolutely <laughs> quality um, what did I say my other best moment was Will falling asleep yes. that was hilarious one of our <laughs> leaders Will who is also a leader of the dark side um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, not actually the dark side anymore but yeah. <laughs> he faked falling asleep in the tent at night which was absolutely hilarious so um, congratulations Will that was quality um, Michael your favourite moments um I can definitely the worship this year was amazing and the place I'm at it means that um the worship meant so much to me yeah. and some of the moments in there where um, I was really getting close to God it was so amazing then. A lot of the um sort of group bonding that was so amazing. Because mm-hmm. at at the um, beginning of the week we had a lot of sort of problems like Kenny was feeling a bit out of place and yeah. some of us were just um sort of going into groups but nearly the other week it was just all together good stuff Daniel? Um, I think that like Kim one of my most favourite parts was the um, seminars there were some good talks yep although I did only go to the soul man talks so it was still all good okay <laughs> <laughs> and I just loved the whole cakey thing <laughs> cakey thing? yeah yeah for, for, all, of, for all of those listening just remember cakey Okay, okay, even I'm confused. Two tomatoes and a cucumber. Was this from Soul Man? Yes. Right, yes. so. It's one of our sex and relationships. It, it, oh, <laughs> a little cucumber. It was made up of what? Two <laughs> <laughs> tomatoes. You're oh, okay. I see. <laughs> if you're listening and you went to Soul Man last week and you know what that's about, I'm happy for you. <laughs> if you want to email in to let me know what that's about, that would be fantastic. Or, um, or you could email me. I yes. mean, I still need like my first email. <laughs> What's the address? <laughs> really lonely. Which one, the pig one or the pig one? Yeah. We're gonna have to plan it. I think it's pig at woofton dot co dot uk. Maybe it's not. Org. Sorry, <laughs> pig at woofton dot org. Yes, that is right. Okay. Um, and our um, engineer Sebi is not speaking today um, or this month. Um, not because he's taken a vow of silence, which would be really admirable, but um, because he's ill. So, um, ah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So we've got a lot coming up, um, but let's go straight ahead now with our last part of the Trey Shepherd interview. Phil. Okay, I guess before I'm going to open it up to sort of questions from everyone else in a second, and. Uh, uh, a special thing we actually thought of yesterday because uh, we got these special, you know, sofas and marbles. Thirteen pounds for both of them, by the way. If you want to check it out, amazing. Uh, but I think this one's very dangerous. I think if someone came and jumped on this, I'd rocket into the air. That's my fear. There you go. <laughs> um, so if you want to ask Trey a question in a second, uh, what we're going to do is if you come and sit right next to him, uh, and you have the opportunity to ask a question. <laughs> So um, first of all, I just want to find out, um, obviously you've done um, a lot of work um, since it all started. Um, you know, you're still with your band there, um, and you've got this you know, fantastic mission about you. Um, I just want to know what your vision is for, for the sort of near future, really, and where you see this all going. I mean, do you, is God sort of saying, you know, I really feel that this is, this is something that's going to change, change the world, and this is going to end? Well, I think that, um, you know, I think that it's it's hard to say uh, because it's hard to know how you measure what changes the world. 
Do you change the world because you sell a lot of records? Or because, to be honest with you, the people that I think are the most heroic, none of you know their names. And, and uh, they don't sell any records. And only a few people know them because they work in a tiny corner of a slum in Nairobi. And they're the real heroes. They're the real people that are changing the world. I mean, in the, in the very near future, I want to go home and see my kids sleep for a month. Um, in, the, in the slightly further future, I want to see the record get out and, you know, just sort of all the stuff that goes along with it. But more than that, I want to tell you, you know, the thing that I do dream about, and, I, and I'll be really serious about this, is that I really believe that in our, in our generation, I really believe that we can see the corner turned on HIV and AIDS. Um, and if we don't believe that, then I, I think in some ways, let's, you know, let, let's, let's go for this with the belief that we have the power to see, you know, exceptional change happen. Um, the world governments listen better than they ever have, although I've been very discouraged over the past few days by the results from the G8 conference. I don't know if any of you watched the news over the weekend. Um, I watched over four hours of wall-to-wall -wall coverage of Paris Hilton leaving her house in horror, really. I, I, honestly, I, sorry, I'm, I'm so tired, and so I'll probably say things I wouldn't normally say, but I was, I was horrified to, to watch Sky cover for four hours Paris Hilton leaving her house. I, I could not understand it. When at the same time the G8 had just met to say, hey, pe poor people of the world, by the way, all those promises we made, we're not going to keep them. <laughs> Bye. And we're great. We're great. And I, I found it so difficult. Um, I found it so difficult watching the, the various world leaders sort of do these sound bites saying we've done more than we've ever have, when in reality, if you read the, the statements, they're actually doing less than they have ever before. Um, they're $8 billion behind in their commitments that they've made, promises that people like you and me, you guys remember the Live 8 concerts when the whole world was like, oi, it's time. <laughs> you can't ignore this anymore. And the world leaders all made these great promises. Well, they're breaking those promises. And that's why I think that, you know, what I dream of is that actually the people here, of um, the, the people like you and me, we, we have the power. To, to use our voice for change. And, uh, and that's not a message of politics. That's a message of love. That's a message of grace because that's a message of the body of Christ. And we as the body of Christ, I don't care if you're labor or conservative or green or wacky loony party, whatever. We, <laughs> it doesn't matter our political affiliation. What matters is that our affiliation, because we're followers of Jesus, is always with the poor, is always with those suffering from HIV and AIDS. And so regardless of who we vote for in our county elections or what have you, we must stand up for those who don't have a voice. We must be a voice for the voiceless. And um, I think that's my long-term dream, is that in our lifetime, that, yeah, when I'm an old man, when I'm a grandpa, I can sit and my grandchildren will sit on my knee, and they'll go, what, what was HIV? And I'll say, well, you know, when I was younger, um, a load of people who followed Jesus decided that it wasn't right to watch six and a half thousand Africans die every day from a treatable, preventable disease. Strong stuff. Okay, um, I'll go ahead and help now um, for questions from um, all you guys out there. So, um, hand up, I guess, if you've got a question. Um, and you can kind of sit next to Trey and, you know, maybe have a little hug or something. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> what kind of benefit is this? <laughs> Any questions? Let's start the ball rolling. 
was the aid of the charity. Um, do you raise funds and then pass them on? Is that correct? Well, we partner very closely with the Atemba AIDS Foundation, and, and bottom line, I mean, Engage and Atemba are pretty inseparable in that way. The Atemba AIDS Foundation works in uh, a variety of African nations. We work in South Africa, in Uganda, in uh, Kenya, in um, Malawi, um, in uh, Tanzania. Um, did I say South Africa? I said South Africa, didn't I? And we work in a variety of locations in, in those places. And what we do is rather than run projects ourselves, we look for locally led, community-based development projects. So um, almost to the project, every single one of our projects is led locally, which we think is just so much more community-based, so much more development sort of, um, you know, for our development ideals. We really like to do preventative programs amongst young people. We really like to do home-based care and community-based programs. So, um, so for instance, let's say that what we, you know, there's an extraordinary woman who runs a project called Mazasaki in one of the townships in, um, just outside Port Elizabeth in South Africa. And basically, uh, she lost a child to HIV and AIDS, and, her, and as she watched her daughter die, she decided that she wasn't going to let it happen anymore in her little township. So she started feeding children who were struggling because their parents were ill. Then that kind of expanded into her trying to take care of the, the, the sick parents. We came alongside at that point and started supporting her to help her program get up to the standards so the government would start funding it and also providing antiretroviral drugs. And um, that program has since grown to one of the largest community-based programs there in, the, in, um, in that area. And um, in fact, one of the extraordinary things is that uh, several of the projects that we work with there in that area were the very first projects to receive antiretroviral drugs from the government. So that's exactly the kind of thing we love to do. Um, we also are very keen on, we're, we're unabashedly uh, uh, Christian in that we, we're not afraid to say that what we do, we, we believe that hope comes from Jesus. Um, loads of people who are involved with Engage aren't Christians. I mean, in fact, sometimes I, you know, I often say, I don't care, you can believe that donkeys fly to your head and that can be your faith, but if you want to help me fight HIV and AIDS, I'm doing it because I follow Jesus. And as long as you're okay with that, come with me, you know? And I've been amazed at how many people have been like, well, I don't agree with what you believe, but I want to help needy people. And I think that that's how we've just sort of made a pathway to, to do that. So we also do things like we, we often support sort of uh, chaplaincy programs. Um, the United Nations and the World Health Organization don't like to pay for anything that's faith-based. So there's sometimes programs that may have antiretroviral drugs, but, you know, we need more than money and drugs. We really need to reach and help people sort of deal with the issues that are around poverty, deal with the issues around HIV and AIDS. So often we're funding sort of, you know, uh, guidance counselors at a school who, um, while they may not be, you know, allowed to witness or preach the gospel in the school, they can minister the love of Jesus without saying a word by being there for the young people, working in preventative programs, that sort of thing. And um, I think that we're quite unique in that we have a policy called 100% action. And what that means is that all the money given, not a single penny of the funds given to Atemba or to Engage, not a penny of it goes to administrative stuff or publicity or any of that sort of thing. We have an amount every year that um, we use for that, which is given by the same people every year just for administration. So if you say you gave five pounds tonight, all five pounds of your gift would go to one of the projects that we partner with across Africa. Yeah, sure. Those are very important questions to ask. Anytime you get involved with a charity, always ask those sorts of questions because you want to know exactly what they're doing and where your money's going. That's a good. That's good stewardship, you know. That's fantastic. And we sort of obviously touched on there on how people can sort of, you know, start giving money and stuff. And we're obviously having a, a quite big collection here tonight. And 
And you know, the incentive there that any money you give tonight does just go, you know, all of it goes straight to this work. Um, but how else can everyone get involved? I mean, you've got a text network and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's important to realize that, um, you know, money alone doesn't solve the, the problems that, that, the, that we're facing as we, as we look at the battle against HIV and AIDS. And, um, and, and even some of you may be thinking, well, I just don't have much money. That's okay. Because one of our key aims in Engage is to help provide response mechanisms and, excuse me, pathways for particularly Western young people to do something about the HIV and AIDS crisis. And there's a variety of ways that you can do that. Um, tonight, you'll have a chance later to um, sign up for the Engage email list. Um, it just means that every six weeks or two months, you'll get a, a little letter from me that catches you up, sometimes with, usually with some photos and a few stories of what's going on, and um, also provides you usually four to five different ways that you can engage at the end. Um, you can buy some of these little badges that we have, and not just the profits, but all of the proceeds that you pay for these little badges. They're one pound a piece, so you can get all three of the designs for just two pounds, which is just a knockdown deal, really. Um, all of the proceeds from that go to projects as well. Um, we did things like the red bracelets that are available tonight. They're free if you'll sign up for the email list. But when we were on tour with um, a pop star a couple years ago, we sold those every night at the gigs, and um, we, we raised 22,000 pounds in six weeks selling red rubber bracelets. I still can't believe it. So it is a shocking thing, isn't it? 11,000 of those bracelets sold in six weeks. I still don't get it, but I, I'm happy. I just don't want to ask too many questions. I mean, it's incredible. But I think, you know, again, it's like I'm really all the time going, Lord, show me ideas that will help people engage. Because, um, you know, the red bracelet thing was great because more than just people being able to give a little bit to, to the needs, it was also that people had this thing on their wrist to remind them every day that not everyone is as fortunate and they have the power to do something about it. So obviously one of the key ways that you can get involved is through your prayers. Um, and I think a lot of times we kind of say that and go, yeah, we'll pray, but I really believe that, you know, the, the, the battle that we wage on our knees with our hearts day after day praying for the fight against HIV and AIDS, praying for a cure, praying for the many people working on the ground in the projects, serving those who are, who are um, in terrible need, that has a profound impact. And, um, yeah, I'll also mention our text service uh, we, uh, we have a text messaging service that costs six pounds a month, and um, if you sign up for it, we send you a text message on Monday, on Wednesday, and on Friday. On Monday, you'll receive a text message that usually is, um, sometimes it's a little bit of project update, sometimes it's a scripture, sometimes it's just a sort of an inspirational thought. Wednesday, we send updated statistics on the HIV and AIDS crisis, and Friday, we send out a prayer. And what's really cool is that every Friday at 10, you know, 10 a.m., my phone beeps, you know, and I open my phone, and... And, and I know that everywhere across the country, and actually across Europe and even America, sometimes people are standing with their phones at the same time, and we're all praying together for whatever is that week's prayer need, whether it's one of the youth workers we support or for a cure or what have you. So it's kind of a cool thing. And again, the six pounds that you give goes directly to the project um, that we support. And we're launching something this summer. Um, actually, we didn't come up with this idea. A 14-year-old girl from Northern Ireland did, who's a part of the Engage Network. She um, basically had no money, didn't know what to do, wanted desperately to do something about um, uh, helping her sisters and brothers in Africa. So she uh, decided she'd start something. She calls every copper counts. So she got a milk jug and went around to her friends and her family and her neighbors and asked them for any 1P and 2P pieces they had spare. And she raised over 200 pounds in pennies in about a month and a half and then delivered them to me. 
and nearly broke the boot of my car by putting them in there. But um, I, I think that this is a genius idea. I think every copper counts is a wonderful idea. So we'll be launching it. You'll be able to get free stickers to stick on whatever you want to use to collect coppers in. Um, Emma turned them in in milk jugs and whiskey bottles and all sorts. And so you'll be able to get, so we decided not to make a bucket or something. We just made stickers because it costs less. Stick a sticker on whatever. You want to stick it on the boot of your car? Fine. Fill it up with pennies, drive it to the bank, send us the check, and we'll see to it that it goes to the people who need it the most. So there's lots of different ways that you can get involved. But um, engage is really about how do we engage with the crisis, not just how do we give money to it, but how do we engage, how do we educate ourselves, and how do we actually begin to change the way we see the world. You know, I know I, you guys are listening to me so much, I really appreciate it, but if I could just say this. Um, a lot of you right now, you're thinking, well, I'm 15, I don't have that much money, you know. And, and I, I want to say tonight, the main focus isn't that you give money. The main focus is that you and I begin to live our lives with with a heart at the core that is for the neediest people in the world. You may be 14 right now, but one day you'll be 28. And when you're 28, you may actually have the power. Maybe you'll be involved in economics. Maybe you'll be involved in government. Maybe you'll be a rock star. Who knows? Maybe you'll be someone who owns a corner shop and decides that they're going to donate 10% of their net profits every year to the fight against HIV and AIDS. So we're in this for the long haul. Does that make sense? And that's why it's important that we begin to change our hearts and minds now. That's brilliant. I mean, the last thing there, I for one hate, you know, walking around with like one P and two P's and always hate having them all, wouldn't it? So, yeah. And all those pound coins it. rattling around. Exactly. Yeah. I'll help you out, brother. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've actually um, got some sign-up sheets around the corner for the text network. Um, basically, there's a sheet that um, you can get it off the website. We've got some here, here tonight to make it easy for you. Um, you fill in the details and you send it off to an address. And it, the ball starts rolling from there, I presume. That's right. Yeah, working. Okay. Um, so we're going to sort of close off in a second and go for another break. But um, are there any more questions before we do? Is there only one so far? Yes, we have one over there. Do you want to come sit next to Trey or do you want to ask him? No. Okay. Well, you know, I did bathe, but I don't. Oh, that's a great the question. question was, what music are you influenced by? Yeah, well, um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would say the bands that I've really been influenced by, I mean, like, um, you know, I was really influenced by Keith Green, um, even though he's a little before my time. <laughs> but his heart and just the sort of incredible way of what it, the way he spoke about Jesus was incredible. I mean, but other bands would, well, I mean, I, I really like bands like, um, I, you know, I, I think Muse is amazing. Um, I like the Black Crows. Um, obviously, U2 would be another big influence. Tom Petty. I mean, I can't say enough about Johnny Cash. Um, Johnny Cash had a profound influence on me since I was a little boy. Um, there's lots of great new bands as well. You know? um, bands that, you know, like, I think Death Cab for Cute is a fabulous band. Um, yeah. And even, I guess the thing is, is that as you look at bands that influence you, um, you got you know, you to be careful in terms of, you know, just be sure you know what people are saying. And, um, and recognize that all the me messages that bands give, they're not all good messages, you know? But the thing that I, I think is rather than cutting out everything, I like to look for the hope that I find in those places. I think one of the coolest things in the world is that people who don't yet know Jesus are still sometimes singing about hope. And that hope comes from Jesus. And I love to draw that out because you can see where they are on their journey to hopefully knowing. I had a fantastic experience the other day actually. We went to the ultimate event. Yeah. Towers and uh, some of my non-Christian friends went along. Uh, and they started singing a lot of delirious songs. And I turned around and, you know, it's okay that sometimes they might not even be aware of what they're singing about, but 
suddenly they started singing it and it might affect them in some way. Yeah. I think really awesome. Yeah. Well, the Bible says every good and perfect thing comes from God. So the things that are good and perfect, man, that's where their source is. And we need, to, we need to see how do we draw those back so that people make the connection again to their creator. Super. Any more questions? No? Is that it? Last chance? Okay. If we have any comments through on that texting at the back there? No? Okay. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Oh, well, okay, we're going to close off then. Um, but first of all, I'd love you all to give Trey Shepard a round of applause, please. Thanks.
all the members of Refractory have been so excited about this for ages. It's so good. Make it thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jay, what actually sort of got you to write it? What is going through your head when you're writing that? It's kind of a combination of two separate themes, really. Um, the first bit kind of starts off. Um, I was revealing, I guess, through um, song how. Um, in a way scared I am about um, what I'm about to do and the decisions I'm about to make um, going to study at Nexus um, yeah. and I was thinking wow you know Christ is actually allowing me to really boldly approach his throne here and um, just say yeah I can do this um, and just every single thing I thought about my Christian life um, the fact that I would ask him something and through prayer um, and the fact that um, you know, I could say I would stand in beneath your cross and um, watching you make a sacrifice for me. And I just thought, how can any of that be? It's just the wonder of our faith, really. You know, it it shouldn't be there for us, but it is. Um, yeah. And then the second bit was um, in the chorus. Um, I loved. Um, it's kind of nicked a bit, really, from a couple of songs that I heard. Um, if you're listening to this, it's not nicked, but you know, it's kind of like. I was inspired by a few words I heard and the fact that you can say Jesus I am yours but also you are mine yeah. um, and I just love that and um, so that's it really and um, the second theme there is just uh, saying um, and Sebi's just wrote it was stolen on our show notes <laughs> and it wasn't stolen I swear <laughs> um, it's just I love that phrase and it was said um, in a couple of songs and um, the fact that yes Jesus I am yours and you are mine and I really wanted to go for it in this yeah. song in a sort of more rocky way and I think we pulled that off when we did yeah. it with the band when, so. when we, um, we're thinking about recording this song in um, mm. over the next month or maybe September hopefully yeah the beginning of September you guys are really going to see what we can do then because we're going to be going for this yeah I think like you said we're also sort of excited about it and I've been thrilled yeah. as well to see the reaction um, it's like one of the best um Alright guys, I'm gonna have to like Sev's <laughs> <laughs> like writing on show notes here and it's really distracting me. <laughs> Back to business. I think one of the best things as a songwriter and you might um feel this already yeah. is the fact that when you write a song and you just don't think it's gonna happen but out of nowhere people start appreciating it and start saying, yeah. Well, you know I mean I've actually noticed um with the old songs that you wrote like You're My King. Yeah. That was an all right song, yeah, but with this one it was just so much further than the rest of it and yeah. I can, uh, do you remember um, on the coach Becky was like is that the Lewis song? Yeah. and you were like no it's mine <laughs> yeah it's kind um, of one of those moments when that, you're thinking how did that actually feel when you just got the comparison with the Lewis you were actually <laughs> up there you were there do you know what I find that it really song. really tough in those times to stay humble and sit there and say yeah you just like sitting there oh yeah <laughs> actually, shame on that it's just <laughs> <laughs> I can make him cry. Is Kim just tired or is he laughing? <laughs> it's very, very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> We're having this lovely little chat here and everyone's like, what? <laughs> um, but no, seriously, yeah, at those moments, it's like, wow, um, that is just so cool. But then I have to sit there and I'll just turn it back to God and say, thank you for giving me this. Um, at the end of the day, yeah. that's what it is. Um, and I'm really, really pleased that I can now be coming up with songs like that because at the end of the day, it's what I want to do in the future. Yeah. Um, but the best thing about it is it's so simple you know it's like yeah. a few chords 
stuck but together. It took me about five minutes to learn it, but it's just... Yeah. It's just that good. Yeah. I mean, come on, Oasis, it's just like three chords and that's it. <laughs> and half the time they're like repeating the same chords. We don't want to be Oasis. From song to song. <laughs> but, um, Oasis suck. Yeah, so it's <laughs> absolutely awesome. And being compared to a band like that um, is fantastic. But um, I'm looking forward to recording it with yeah, you guys. Because, um, uh, you know, we've done a lot to it when we started playing it. Um, so that should be really good. Uh, look out for that, I think, uh, the beginning of September. That should be yeah. coming. So yeah. So right now, um, thank you for that lovely interview, Michael. Yeah, um, I feel very very good after that. Um, I'm going to go straight on to an interview now with um, our special guest, Kim. Um, and he's been laughing his head off through <laughs> that, so I'm going to give him a chance to Ow. be put on the spot. So random. Okay, so Kim, welcome to the podcast. I give you a formal handshake. It's really nice to have you here, um, and I hope that this is uh, something that we can start now for the future. Because obviously, I'm going to be leaving, so you can take up the podcast mantle. I can. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Then we said he lets me back in his house again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> studio. <laughs> studio. Sorry, studio. Um, so Kim, tell us a little bit about why you're here today. I'm here to um, tell you my story about becoming a Christian, how I felt before, how I feel now, how Maybe. I feel it influences my life in the future. Okay, wicked. So um, I guess the best way to start with is um, I actually want to start with how you feel now. What? What? Um, I mean. When you became a Christian, um, describe the moment to us, if it was a moment or the time, um, and how you felt after it, first of all. As a Christian, I, f I first felt, it felt a bit weird first of all, mm. but then again I felt I felt filled with the Holy Spirit in a way. Because okay. when I went back to the front, whilst I'd become a Christian, I felt really, really good. Mm -hmm. And a couple of people came up and prayed, which showed it all together as one group, all yeah. to show the love for one person, which is Jesus. And I felt really, really good. A couple of guys came up and prayed for me. Yeah. And I couldn't really hear the guy because <laughs> I was standing right next to a speaker. So it probably didn't help. But still, I've, I really enjoyed the moment. And it's just made me so much happier in my life. And Brilliant. Uh, I'm sure any other person would say the same thing as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm uh, sure it made... What was the, the final numbers they said that had become new Christians? That week at Soul Survivor, was it 400 or something? 400 new Christians, it's the most wow. they've ever pulled out. It's incredible. Okay, so um, tell us a little bit about, um, y I know you've got some notes with you here, about your perhaps your life beforehand and how you felt beforehand. Basically, when I first came to church about three years ago, I didn't really think too much of it. To be honest, I never thought I'd become a Christian in the first place, or understand Christianity and why everyone would follow the one person. Mm. But through going on and off, and they're probably being dragged, kicking and screaming, my <laughs> girlfriend Becky. Uh, over <laughs> the last few, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> over the last few months, <laughs> she first went to Buckingham, and they done a show there, mm. and it wasn't with uh, Claire Woods youth group, but it was with another youth group. But um, I felt really good and just so relaxed. Cool. As I, and as I came out, it was just, it was just brilliant. You know, it's just amazing to see everyone chatting together, yeah. the two youth groups combining, chatting together, and just through one person. Um, since then, it's just gone on and on. Um, I've, I'm the 2005 Soul Survivor. Uh, I went 
um, just to see what the experience is like. Yeah. Never really wanted to become a Christian now and then. But after that, um, since coming to uh, this year's Soul Survivor, I thought I might go for it, but wasn't 100% sure. Okay. But as on the Monday, to see everyone working hard together, getting tents up, the weather is brilliant yeah. on Monday. On when Monday I it was. No, on Monday it was. <laughs> not the rest of the week, but it felt good on Monday. But on um, Monday I saw it on the worship at night. One thing that really got me was um, the video on Team Hoyt, which is oh, just truly amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it just really touched me. I probably brought a tear to my eyes, in all, mm. in all honesty, mm. and I felt I had to go. Because if that can happen to one person, it can happen to any one of us. Exactly, exactly. Pull you through, and I thought I had to go out there. Brilliant. So. If you guys don't know, um, Team Hoyt is uh, a father and son, um, and the son is disabled and to was told that he would basically be a vegetable for the rest of his life. Um, and uh, he began to, uh, he did a marathon first of all, I think, yeah. to raise money for another disabled person. Um, and he asked his dad to, to um, run with him or, or push him or something, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and <coughs> since then they've done triathlons and marathons all over the place um, and it's just an incredible story. Um, awesome. So um, I remember chatting to you a little bit um, immediately afterwards and, and we were sort of saying, you know, um, the reason you were kind of doing this in a way is, is you didn't want to hold anything back anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, Obviously, um, Tim Hughes's uh, latest album is called "Holding Nothing Back." Um, what are your sort of feelings on that? Do you think you know um, you find yourself saying, "Well, yeah, there's nothing that you can hold back," because you know why do we want to hold nothing back? In a, in a way, is what I want to ask you. So. There is no need to, in all honesty. Well, people have their opinions, but at the end of the day, it's your decision and what you say goes. Mm. And it doesn't really matter, as I say, nothing really matter what anyone else thinks. Okay. So, it's up to them what they think. And okay, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> was there anything else that you sort of um, wanted to add there to your little testimony at all? Um, I, and the last worship was probably the best one, even though they were there for an hour or so, because you had to go, oh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we did get to hear Mike Devalati's thing, which is absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was good. And his hair was brilliant <laughs> as well. <laughs> but um, on the last song before we had to go, a whole bunch of us went up onto the conga, mm. uh, went through an undignified thing that someone was yeah, called, yeah. and all just jumping around, mm. going na 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 na. Hey! hey. <laughs> just jumping in the air. It's just so funny. And mm. it is a long way around the tent, and it yeah. was very hot. So <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get back. But um, it was—I just really didn't want to leave after that. Yeah. Me and Michael were planning to hide in a toilet yeah. <laughs> somewhere for the next week. Wicked. So, but unfortunately, that didn't happen, mm. and then they're back in the mm. usual same old world. But this, so. I mean, I guess um, it shows a, a it was a huge um, thing there, especially at Soul Survivor. Um, you know, when we started that conga line, it was just unbelievable. Within like a hundred yards, yeah. there was a huge queue behind us in this conga line, yeah. and I was just stunned looking back. And I think that's the measure of the effect that the week has on people. Mm. Um, and uh, but how have you found it since you've come back from that week? Since I come back, I feel I can be more open with people. Mm. Oh, and um, to be honest, when I told Mum about it, she thought. Well, didn't think it was funny, but she thought Becky had put me up to it, right, and okay. forced me into it. 
I ended up saying, look, it wasn't you, yeah. it wasn't her, it was me, I made the decision for myself. Get up feeling yeah. really bad for it and saying she was proud of me and gave me loads of hugs and stuff. Okay. Some That's guarantees cool. would buy me a brilliant birthday present in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, um, no, and I've told a few people at work and they're all supportive and whatever oh, and asked loads of questions for that South Survivor. I want to know what it was about really? and that. Oh, so I was pretty happy about that. They seemed interested in it. Mm. Probably one of the guys I spoke to, um, he didn't seem that keen on it when I first go, went, he thought it was a bit funny and yeah. that. I was like, fair enough, you've got your own mm-hmm. When I came back, I started asking loads of questions, what the seminars are about, what the worship is, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But yeah, um, I feel much better in telling people about it. Because so I, mean, I guess in all our like, um, Christian lives, one of the things we've found so hard is to go back to our workplace or to our school and almost act as Christians and tell other people that we are Christians. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a big part of us. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems as though you've sort of gone and really done that to a great effect which is absolutely awesome were you scared about doing it to not at all as i said earlier there's nothing to hold back i did do a random act of kindness today oh, some kid was trying to get a cd or dvd down it's nearly pulling the shelf down trying to get it down <laughs> but i was like grabbing it for her giving it to him which i felt really good about i thought really if i can do that for one person why can't anyone yeah do it for anyone yeah. else awesome so. okay um well, that's fantastic, and um, thank you very much um, for being here, and for hopefully being here in the future as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? It says in the Bible that pride is not such a good thing, but I think we can safely say sitting here to today, we're all very proud of you. So, um, well done, Kim. Applause for Kimmy boy. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, so we're going to go on to our um, second feature song now, um, and speaking of. Uh, new um, Christians, uh, we're now going to speak of a new songwriter. Um, this is his first feature song, um, and it's called Holy Lamb of God uh, by Michael Lieber, part of E33, and now leader of E33. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Your presence 
So that was uh, Holy Lamb of God by uh, Michael Lieber here, um, yeah. and I remember first hearing that song at a practice session for E33, yeah. and uh, for the first time actually thinking, wow, yep, he's come through now, he's written a yeah. quality song there, so um, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, it was one of many songs that I've been writing at the time, and I got into a period where I was writing loads of songs, but like none of them really meant anything lyrically and none of them had any sort of decent music behind it and it was just sort of a collection of loads of songs that I'd been writing at the time and that was the best one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, where did you kind of get the inspiration for it from? But it's, it's a thing that I've been thinking about a lot about um, how Jesus died for us and I've been really struggling with that theme for quite a while about how he could die for us and we're just living our lives while he's died for us. But then I sort of um, got the idea that the wh what we can do is in return we can love him for it, that we can mm -hmm. praise him and just call him holy, that that's what we can give back, just praise. Fantastic. And I guess at the end of the day that's our purpose on this earth, yeah, really, to love him for that. This song has really sort of given me 
the shape of what I really believe in Jesus, that he died for us and now we're going to give it back to him. Brilliant, okay. Um, and um, I, I want this to be a really short interview, but um, lastly, I'm just going to ask you as well, um, do you feel that um, with this song now you're sort of reaching a time where um, you know your songwriting's changed and you're beginning to actually uh, really step closer to God and, and yeah. you know produce some good stuff? When, yeah, a lot of the music's changing a lot, so it's more complicated. But yeah. also, the way I'm thinking about lyrics, I used to just like simple lyrics. That was all about. Now, the lyrics that I'm coming out with, they actually mean something to me, and Brilliant. they're really whatever I'm thinking about God. I just put it down on paper, okay. and that's what I'm gonna write. So exciting future for E33 still, I think, yeah, with uh, writing like that coming in. Um, thank you very much. Cheers. Okay, um, so we're gonna go straight to our news now um, and uh, <coughs> there was something um, really cool that we found that whilst we were at Soul Survivor um, and that was something called Slum Survivor. Um, Daniel do you want to tell us a little bit about Slum Survivor? Okay. <coughs> <laughs> um, basically Slum Survivor, um, the idea of it is um, a few people, maybe 10 or so I think it was at Soul Survivor. Got to 12, yeah. Okay, go up to 12. And um, what they did is they built a slum, and the idea of it was that for a week they would live how billions live in a lifetime, just to feel the experience of what it's like yeah. to live in that kind of environment. Exactly, okay. So to uh, <coughs> sort of um, come from that within our parish, within the Woofton Parish in October, um, I think, as uh, part of our 24-hour event this year, we're going to be doing a little slum survivor challenge of our own. Um, so overnight, we're going to um, create our own slums and uh, raise some money for Soul Action, um, who are doing some amazing work around the world um, and looking forward to Soul in the City Durban in 2009. Um, so we're going to create our own slum and live for 24 hours like billions of people have to li live like every day. So uh, look forward to that, all you pigs. Um, and the other bits of news really, um, we have the start of Youth Alpha in the parish soon, um, the 9th of September yeah. is our launch yeah, party, um, <laughs> and uh, what's going to happen at the launch party, any ideas? Uh, I think it's just going to I'm not sure if they're going to have a band or not, but it's go just going to be a great party, DJs, <coughs> everything you want, probably really unhealthy food, you know, pizzas, <laughs> chips, cool. bring your mates along. It wouldn't be a party without the unhealthy food. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I guess this is a really good place to sort of find out all about um, Youth Alpha. So yeah, please bring a mate along to the uh, launch party on the 9th of September um, at 5 o'clock um, at Christ Divine Community Church. 5 till 9 apparently. So <laughs> it starts at 5 o'clock, finishes at 9. Christ Divine Community Church in Coffee Hall. It's going to be a pretty awesome party. Really looking forward to it. Um, before then, E33 are going on um, a little mini tour. Um, we're doing a few uh, gigs around the place in September, so we're looking forward to being back in action there. Um, yeah, so you can come and see us um, at Great Brick Hill on the 7th of September. No, sorry, Great Brick Hill on the 9th of September as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And you can see us also in St. Mary's Church on the morning of the 2nd of September. So. Uh, that's E33 and uh, the last bit of news um, is freedom 
<laughs> we've taken a little bit of a break from freedom, um, but we're going to come back in force in December. Um, we've already got booked a speaker from Hope 2008 for January, so we're really looking forward to the next step for freedom. Um, and uh, what we're going to do um, for the second season of freedom is we're going to have one, uh, one time in the month of full band and full rocky feel with um, amazing worship and uh, two weeks after that in the same month we're going to have a nice acoustic session um, so a much more sort of mellow and intimate session so we're really looking forward to that and that is everything and finally we're going to finish today on the challenge for our new member of the pig pod crew uh, he's really looking forward to this um, <laughs> Kim's <coughs> challenge today, um, do you want to explain it Daniel? Um, I can do. <coughs> right, basically what we are going to get Tim, um, Tim? Kim to <laughs> is um, we're going to get him to sing the ver um, ver chorus of Jay's song, How Can It Be? Kind of getting it all wrong there aren't you Dan? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a bit tired so my words are all mixed up. <laughs> going to depart because we are running out of time but uh, thank you once again and uh, yeah don't forget to tune in next month bye for bye. now